the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live Hour 2. Good to be with you here on this great Friday. And as we do on Friday so often, it is... I may be out. It is... It is Open Line Friday. I am... I clicked on one of my new favorite Joe Biden quotes that came from today. Being that I am Irish, here's what the president said today. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. All right. So uh, that will be the themes for uh, those of us who are Irish. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. All right. Uh, anyway, it's Open Line Friday. We can talk about anything you'd want to talk about today. Bible questions, something in the news that you want to discuss. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Seven. Also, I'm going to do the absurdity of the week. Hey, what happened? That's terrible. And I just want to start off with this. And there's a caveat. So this is something that I think is the absurdity of the week. We do this. Uh, we haven't done this actually for a few weeks because we've had other things we're doing on Fridays. But typically on Fridays, we take the we take the one story that just seems so absurd. It's just hard to believe. Uh, And here it is, but there's a caveat I'm going to tell you. Earlier this week, Donald Trump announced on Truth Social Wednesday night that he had a major announcement. And everybody was speculating, what is this major announcement going to be? News was speculating. He's going to uh, he's going to say, hey, these are this is what I'm going to do for my next vice president. And this is what I would do if I became, you know, something political along with the campaign, something something that, you know, if you're going to call it a major announcement, and you're going to promote it the day before, like you're you're trying to get attention, right, for this. So everybody thought, okay, uh, major announcement. This was the major announcement. In case you didn't hear it, I'm going to play Donald Trump's major announcement. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump Digital Cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my 
beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one meeting, autographing <coughs> memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump digital trading cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone, and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection, and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now, and remember, Christmas is coming, and this makes a great Christmas gift. (laughs) All right, that is Donald Trump's announcement, his major announcement. And uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Everything you just heard, if you haven't heard this before, you're probably saying that can't be for real, Scott. No, it's for real. And he, what it is is a website. Now, I'm going to tell you something that might make this less absurd. It's the part that blows my mind, okay? It's called, it's Collect Trump Cards. And what they are is they're digital, okay, digital trading cards. And there's a whole bunch of them that you pay for $99. And there's one of Donald Trump. It's cartoonish, okay, the way they look. But he's in a uh, cowboy outfit, like cowboy sheriff outfit. There's another one where he is in an uh, astronaut outfit. I mean, he started the Space Force. So I think that's probably what that's behind. There's another one that, that it's not all presidential stuff. There's another one that looks like he's from The Apprentice. There's another one with him golfing. Uh, there's another one with him in a fight, you know, a, a, a flight suit. He looks like he's in Top Gun. There's one on the football fields on the 45-yard line. He's holding the football. And I think... Why is that there? My think my thought is it's because he was a he was an original owner of the USFL. Do you remember that? The United States Football League and it was started, I think that's back now somehow, right? It's it was started, it kind of flopped and it Donald Trump and other owners then sued the NFL saying that the NFL has a monopoly on football and they actually won the lawsuit, but the jury awarded them $1 in damages. $1. So he won the lawsuit but he lost. Right? Uh, and I think that's what that's from. There's another one where he's he is in a uh, race car driver, you know, outfit. I don't know what that outfit is called. Another one a box. But these are like digital credit, credit, you know, trading cards. They're not even tangible, meaning that it's not like a baseball card where you can get it and put it in the spokes of your bicycle or trade it with your. It's digital. And this is really where I kind of want to go with this conversation because, and I'm going to explain this, the technology, okay, behind this. But here's the thing. He was universally panned, okay? Everybody on the left and right. Steve Bannon, who is more with Donald Trump than anybody on the planet, said, this is ridiculous. He needs to fire his whole campaign staff. That's what he said. I mean, it's and people are laughing and kind of mocking him. Okay, it seems like an absurd thing. It's You can have an opinion about that one way or the other, but here's the thing that blows my mind. They're $99, these cards. Now, of course, with the $99, you get entered into a raffle where you get to uh, you get to go have dinner with them, okay? Yeah, it might be worth $99 to regular donors, all right? So that is part of it. These things come in emails. I never sign up for political emails, never. But I'm on every political email list, which really bugs me. And I try to unsubscribe, and it works, and then I'm finding I'm still getting the emails. 
you find these from different candidates. There's some kind of gimmick or there's a mug you get or something. And uh, if you give this amount of money, you might be it's that part of it. It's actually pretty normal. It's abnormal to make a major announcement and this whole thing. So people are mocking him about it. And there's probably a lot of question about whether a former president ought to be doing this kind of thing. But here's the part. Yesterday, everybody mocks him, but in 12 hours, he sold them out and his campaign made four and a half million dollars in 12 hours. And these are not what it is, is it's a it's a a photo, a digital photograph that you could put on your phone. It's not something you physically have. It's called an NFT, a non fungible token. And I'll explain that in a little bit. He made four and a half million dollars on this scheme. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? You, that I can just sort of create something and sell it and then four and a half. And then people can resell it. Now, the thing is, is you can go on the website and do a photo grab and get the photo yourself. They, people can email these things back and forth and they have no value at all. But if you happen to be the one who got the NFT, okay, and I'll explain that in a minute, how you have ownership of this digital photo, then it's worth something. And now people are reselling them. And they're reselling for about $250 right now. So while a lot of us sort of just mocked at this whole thing, then the uh, smart kids around us, and I saw this website, this YouTube live program, where it was all like they were 18 years old. And they're probably not voting for Donald Trump. They didn't say anything about the politics of it. They just looked at it from the investment. They probably bought them. Some of them on there, they, they said they did. And that you can resell it. And they're reselling it for $250. This is the crazy world we live in. And it gets crazier than this kind of thing. Are you into the, it's, it's part of the cryptocurrency and it's part of this sort of digital world. And uh, I'm going to explain kind of what this is. It's not really even to talk about Donald Trump in this case, but it's, is this the new world we're in? Is this something that, that people are going to spend huge amounts of money on things that are digital, but you can't hold them in your hands? I mean, are you tracking with me? It is a digital file that you have. A non and people have been behind this. The NBA has sold video clips of Michael Jordan making a slam dunk and LeBron James doing different things. And people are paying money. Somebody paid $3 million for an NFT of the very first tweet ever on Twitter from its founder. $3 million for a digital file, something that you and I can just go look at. You can look at it anytime you want to. You can look at it on your phone. You can look at it on your computer. You can, you can blow it up real big. You can make it really small. You could print it out, tack it to your wall. It does, it's not valuable at all for you, but somebody thought it was worth $3 million. And people have been doing this for a while. Do you do this? Do you, are you tracking with this? I'm going to explain it here in just a minute. 888-528-2557 is the number. You're listening to Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday, so I'm going to take a call, and if we change subjects, we'll come back to this here in just a minute. Something that we do on Fridays, though. David in Los Angeles, welcome to SoCal Live. Yeah, hi, Scott. Um, I have no knowledge on NFT. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch you're, that. You're not selling me so something what I, here? What, no, no. But what I wanted to talk about is I'm a school teacher, and I've listened to you for a while, and yeah. so, and I also work with homeless folks in the past as well. Yeah. So my heart really goes out to some of the issues that you mentioned. But one thing that I wanted to kind of share with your listeners is how the church can make an impact today. Yeah. Um, I've been a part of what's called Downey Clergy Council. Downey's a city where I work, mm -hmm. and there's a group that meets. It's a it's a group of 
former uh, city mayor and the local pastors, and we get together every month and we talk about the issues that need to be addressed. Matter of fact, a few years ago, uh, it was led by my friend, Pastor Alex Vargas, and he actually, in a small city of Downey that not too many people know about, we had the biggest adoption fair in the state of California's history. And that mm. happened because God's people mobilized and moved together. And yes. as a public school teacher in high school, believe me, I see everything that's going on. And I can see why so many Christians will be panicking and maybe even afraid. But one thing I want to tell all the listeners is, don't be afraid. The same message that God has been telling us in the Bible, don't be afraid. Yeah. But instead, move forward in love. Reach out to the local schools, and if they have, like, Good News Club or Christian Club, ask if you could get involved. Provide pizza for them. Support them. I sponsor FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes at my school, and I have two parents that are helping me by, you know, providing meals for this, my, my, my kids. So reach out to your normal, your schools, nearby schools, and ask how can we get involved. If there are kids that need clothing, the churches take the initiative and get involved. And instead of saying, we don't like this policy and that policy, put your elder or a deacon in the school board or city council and make sure they make policies that align with our values. Yeah. You know, so don't be afraid. That's my encouragement to everyone that's listening. David. And just one more word, because I used to serve with a, a, a ministry in Skid Row right behind URM. Yeah. And I heard you uh, bring on Andy Bales a couple of times, and I'm so encouraged by just what the stories that they share. You know, just one thing i got to tell you. I was involved with the Skid Row Ministry for six years, right behind URM, every Sunday from 2 to 5. And for all the parents that are listening, I just want to encourage you with one thing. The best parenting I've ever seen done was parents who modeled servanthood for their children by serving in Skid Row together. Mm, And so don't be afraid of things that are happening in school, but live out your Christian life in authenticity. And model for your children how Christians ought to display our life in love. So that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, I Dave, heard that it's an open mic day. It is. I to share that with you. It is, and that's a good word, David. Thank you for calling, and thank you for doing what you're doing, David. I have been involved in uh, some groups like yours, and I'll tell you what, it's the best part of, of ministry, whether you're a layperson or maybe you're a pastor or whatever it is that you do. Some of the best part of ministry is getting out of the four walls of your church and going down there and doing something and realizing that, God wants us there, that he has created us for this time. And amazing things happen. Amazing things happen when we trust the Lord that he will be with us when we go take care of people who are hurting and people who are struggling. Uh, It's an amazing thing. Thank you, David, for calling Southern California Live. All right, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday, and uh, we'll take your call. On any subject, I want to get back to uh, the NFTs and what that is. And, uh, you know, maybe God's going to call you to uh, sell some kind of digital thing and uh, make a bunch of money to help homeless people. Be- you know, here's, here's the thing. You've probably heard this, non, non-fungible tokens. I, I heard a guy describe it this way, if you want to know what this is. And this is what Trump, uh, Donald Trump uh, announces his major announcement and uh, sold out of in just a few hours. People were into it. Um, not if you think of it as non-replaceable, that's what it is. So here's the idea, non-fungible. So some, there's either fungible or there's non-fungible. There's no third option, okay? So his example was this. If you went out and you purchased a whole bunch of orange jackets, is what he said. He went on this website, they're like $39, orange puffy jackets. He said, so you, you buy a whole bunch of them. 
He goes, they're all replaceable. They're fungible. They're exactly the same. They make hundreds of them. There's multiple of the same one. None of them have any more value than the rest of them. They're all the same. None. But then he said, but I'm wearing one. He's got one on. And then he showed a whole bunch of pictures of him wearing this orange jacket at all these different vacations and all these famous spots around the world. He's always wearing the same jacket. And it's kind of old now and kind of disintegrating, but he loves it. He says, this jacket is irreplaceable to me. Because to me, this is valuable because of the, 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 the value that it has because I wore it in these places and the memories that it gives me and the way it inspires me and all those kinds of things. He says, so my, he said, the orange jacket itself, you can get a whole bunch of them and replace it. But this particular one, to me, is irreplaceable. He says it's non-fungible. Does that make sense to you? That you, you probably have something in your house that, yes, you could go buy another one, but the one that you have has sentimental value or it has some kind of, you know, you've got an ornament on the tree that looks like any other ornament, but your grandmother gave it to you, so it cannot really be replaced. All right, there's an old joke about, uh, you know, George Washington's axe that he cut down the cherry tree with, and uh, the axe exists today. You can go see it. The only parts that have been replaced are the handle and the iron axe part. Which means it's not the same axe, right? That's the joke. But so that's not the idea of non-fungible is that just irreplaceable. Okay. So the idea is with art, the Mona Lisa, the actual Mona Lisa, the one that's in the in the Louvre, it's non-fungible. You can't replace that one. But you can go buy your own version of the Mona Lisa. You can go to Target and get a poster of it. You can buy a a print of it that looks just like the same thing. There's thousands of them, millions of them. You can do all of that, but none of them count. The only one that actually is worth anything special is that one. Okay, so the idea was some of this digital stuff. So that's the idea behind the Trump cards and things like that that he's selling out there is that they're one of a kind. Now you're saying, how can that be with digital? If I can just email it, if I can just call up the picture and look at it on my screen, how can it be valuable? Well, that's what the token part of it is, is that, and it gets real complicated from here and I'm not real good at explaining it or at understanding it, but the basic idea is, and this is the same thing that's that's with the cryptocurrency and kind of all the stuff that's been in the news lately. This stuff, this currency um, is it is recorded out there on on what's called a blockchain. And what it is, is it's a public ledger of the recording of the digital transactions that you did on your computer, okay? So whenever you use your bank card or you write a check or you do something with your bank, there's a record of it. The purpose of your bank is to keep an actual record of your, uh, the purpose of the bank is to keep a record of your, your money, your financial transactions, right? And it's still digital, it's just all there, but there's a record of it, it's tied to you and your card and your number and your account. the way this works is it's a public database. So your your bank's database for your account is not public. I can't go look at your account unless you gave me your password or something. Or if I was a hacker, I could do it. The blockchain is basically an internet-based public ledger of these kinds of transactions. And the way it keeps track of things is that there are thousands, millions of computers maybe on there that uh, do that. All right. So that is the idea. So what's happening here with this kind of thing is that you get a digital picture and embedded into the purchase of digital purchase of your uh, this picture, whether it be a Trump card or it's the tweet that you bought or something from the NBA because the NBA has been making some money on this. You get proof basically that you own it. And it still seems weird to me. It still seems weird to me that I can just go get the same video. If I want to see Michael Jordan's greatest hits, I can go see it. I can go look at it. But no, certain people just own it. 
and that's what it is. And you pay money for it, and you can trade it, you can sell it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if this even makes any sense. It seems to be really weird. Now, uh, there is something even more weird than that that is going on in this world. And uh, I'm going to tell you about that because I've got a major announcement of my own that I've decided, well, I need to make a major announcement then. I mean, Trump had these cards and he sold, got four and a half million dollars out of it. Uh, there you go. 888-528-2557 is the number. Yolanda, North Hollywood. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Yolanda. Hi, thank you. I, I just want to make a statement that any time we talk about Trump, I feel it's just a big waste of time. <laughs> I get I get physically ill when you you played that uh, major announcement he had. I just I get physically ill whenever it comes to do do with Trump and his antics and rerunning, actually taking the presidential office seriously. I just I can't have years and years what we're gonna have four more years or two terms more of Trump. I just wanted to weigh in yeah, he he only gets. You know how I feel. Yeah, if he only gets if he gets there, he'll get one more term. That's all he can have. But what? Here's the thing about Donald Trump. That is, I mean, I think historians are going to talk about this for a hundred years. Why can he? How does he control the media? Like he, everybody's talking about these Trump things. He makes money off of it. And this is a guy Trump stakes, Trump wine, Trump uh, teddy bears, Trump. He's he's a marketer, right? That's what he does. It's just a, it's an extraordinary, well, you know, thing. And that is another question is, is this appropriate for, you know, a president? Most people felt like, no, you know, we don't want our ex-presidents doing this. But we've we've criticized presidents for making money on speeches and other things out there. We just live in a weird time. We live in a really weird time, Yolanda. Well, uh, I feel sorry for the people that are investing in this who are they you know that's 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 the, the yeah you story. know at first i thought well it's just people who just love donald trump right but then i started watching the people who are into these nfts and i thought uh-huh. it has nothing to do with how they feel about donald trump they saw this they said i'm going to pay 99 dollars for that and i'm going to turn around and sell it for 250 in the same day and that's mm-hmm. what they're doing and okay. and so it's a it's a it's a whole different world a whole different weird world um, but hey, thanks for uh, hanging in there. And uh, you know, when it comes to Donald Trump or other politicians that make our, uh, you know, we don't like one way or the other. Here's what we got to do as Christians: we got to find a way to pray for them, even gritting our teeth. And uh, that helps right. us, you You're know. Right. Uh, so I would yeah. encourage you to pray for Mr. Trump. And if somebody's out there and you don't like President Biden, you know what? You got to pray for him. That's what you got to do. You're right. Um, right. We pray for our persecutors, and I I, I feel persecuted by Trump yeah. because of the way he makes me feel. All right. I was praying for the Holy Spirit before you got on, had me get on, just to give me the the patience. Yeah. When, when you know, not to to not allow me to get physically ill when I hear Trump or see Trump. Please help me <laughs> to be delivered from that. All so right. I, I went to prayer, All right. not for Trump, but for myself. Yeah, well, I'd encourage you to try to pray for him, and you might get over that physical ill part of it. You're it right. doesn't mean you're going to be a supporter. Right. right. All Thank right, you. i got to go to a break, Yolanda. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. Hey, when we get back, I've got a major announcement for you of my own. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live Friday edition. I'll be back in a moment. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday. 
In a few minutes, I'll have a major announcement for you, but I want to get to the phone since it is open line Friday. William in Fullerton, welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks, Scott. Hi, William. How are you? Well, not too bad, all things considered. All right, good for you. I what? wanted to, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to just uh, mention the uh, the audio clip that you played yesterday from our illustrious uh, governor. Newsom. Is that the one where Governor Newsom uh, was talking about uh, making sure that we do something about the border if Title 42 is lifted next week? Yeah. Okay. That we, was it. That was course, our... That's just, uh, to, yeah, to me, it's just virtue signaling uh, and deflecting from the problem that him and the other ones on the left have created in the first place. Okay. And, uh, I mean, yeah, the uh, the border with Mexico and California is is pretty small compared to uh, the problems they have in Arizona and Texas. But I think he's he was just saying that uh, to uh, to appease people to uh, to practice for his presidential run in 2024, which he denies he's going to do. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, he's. He's not what he seems like. Like many of the many of these so-called leaders, he's not what he seems. Well, he's clever. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, I thank you for that, uh, William. And uh, we talked about this issue yesterday. Thanks for calling Southern California Live, William. You know, uh, a lot of people yesterday, we talked about the um, border issue suddenly being an issue for everybody and all the news stations everywhere. And that's because if Title 42 is lifted, Title 42 is a uh, it's really a health care law that Donald Trump enacted at the beginning of COVID that allows Border Patrol to take people back to Mexico if they come up in over the border for health care reasons is actually the reason. Uh, and uh, the Biden administration has wanted to lift, lift those rules. The courts have uh, sided mostly with him, although I think there's some action today that might uh, – Make that last a little longer. I haven't seen all the details yet, so I don't know for sure. But the idea is if that if that gets lifted and nothing replaces it, then a tool that the Border Patrol has been using to uh, keep people in Mexico is going to be gone. And the number of people crossing the border already is quadrupled just in the past year. And it's a it's a stream of people. And William is right that in California, actually, we have a better, more secure border than the other states that are border states. Uh Right now, El Paso is kind of ground central for that. And and there's a horrible picture of all these people who are in the streets, cold, and uh, nowhere to go. Nobody knows what to how to handle them, and it's going to get a lot worse. And we talked about that a lot yesterday. You can always get the podcast of our show if you want to hear more about that issue. Just go to our our show website. Go to the radio station website and kkla.com or kprz.com. Click on the program guide and find SoCal Live. And uh, you can also go to Spotify and just look up SoCal Live and get our podcast and uh, check that out. 888-528-2557 is the number. We've been talking about uh, digital currency, and uh, I know that gets complicated, but I want to share something with you. The the Another thing that, is, that has happened in this real weird world, it's hard to understand. We called them uh, non-fungible tokens. That's what they're called. And this is what Donald Trump was selling with these uh, cards of him that was such a big deal yesterday that people made fun of him for. But he made $4.5 million off of it in one day. And people are reselling them, just digital pictures, okay, uh, online and making money up to uh, $250. So they're making money. It's a, it's a very – I don't even – it blows my mind. But something even more bizarre than that is this uh, – a few months ago, an Italian sculptor 
auctioned off what he called the invisible sculpture for $18,300. This sculpture is made literally of nothing. It's made of nothing. It's not digital. It's not physical. It is not there. What the sculpture is, the, the, the sculptor is named Salvatore Garu, or Garau is probably how you say his name. Uh, it is a work of his imagination. That's what it is. And what he did was he created this, what he calls an immaterial sculpture. It does not exist. Now, the artist is going to say it does exist because conceptually it, it exists in his mind and he thought about it. And because he thought about it and because he can describe it, it exists. He calls the sculpture I am. I don't know that he's making a a you know a, a religious or biblical statement there. He's probably just talking about our our existence in general. Um, but he he says this. He says the vacuum is nothing more than a space full of energy, and even if we empty it and there is nothing left, according to the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, he says that nothing has weight, and therefore it has energy. It has been it is condensed and transformed into particles that is into all of us. So basically, what he's saying is because he's imagined it. Because his neurons were firing in his brain, there is something that exists of this statue. And so what he did was he went out to a a public place somewhere in Italy, and he taped, he put masking tape down on the ground in this little box. And when he did this, this, he decided he's going to exhibit his immaterial sculpture in this space. So he put a little outline, and he went outside, and he stared at it. And people came by and said, what's wrong with this guy? What's he looking at? Because he's looking at nothing. There's nothing there. And uh, he starts to describe his sculpture, and he starts to describe it as if it's really there. And people are really looking at it, and he's saying, you don't see it, but it exists. It's made of air and spirit. That's what this guy says. And it's a work that asks you to activate the power of your imagination. It's a power that anyone has, even those who don't believe they have it. And then he put it up for sale. This is not a joke. This is for real. He taped a little square in the in a in a park and he said it's a sculpture and then he sold it and he sold it with the instructions saying that you can display it anywhere because it but you do have to have this amount of space and somebody bought it at auction which means other people were bidding on it for eighteen thousand three hundred dollars it's made of literally nothing so this isn't even a non-fungible token this isn't cryptocurrency where there's at least some kind of digital existence of the thing the entire sculpture is in his imagination. And somebody bought it and imagined taking it to their house where they now imagine to show it off as part of their collection. My friends, this is the world we're living in. This is the place that, that we are. $18,300. This gets to me, gets uh, to the point I want to make here about my major announcement. I've been thinking about a painting, and in this painting, I like to believe that Jesus in his moments with the, the, the disciples, in the downtime, in the evening, when they're sitting around the fire, that there, you know, the Gospel of John tells us that there was all kinds of conversations that Jesus had with people, and uh, you couldn't write enough books to fill in all the things that Jesus did. I like to believe that Jesus told the disciples certain things about the future, like they're looking up at the moon, and Jesus is like, hey one day people are going to walk on that thing. And they'd be like, no, what do you mean? 
you know, they must have had questions about the universe. They certainly asked him about end times and all of that. And he, you know, I like to think that he introduced them. We said the other day that he introduced them to waffles maybe one morning. I don't know if Jesus did this or not, but I like the idea. So here is my painting. I have a painting. Now it's in my head. It doesn't physically exist. It's just in my brain. And the painting is Jesus teaching his disciples how to golf. And they're somewhere out with the the Sea of Galilee, somewhere behind them. And it's a beautiful scene. And I have done this painting in my mind, in my imagination. I've done it with all 12 disciples. Some of the disciples were better at golf. Peter was the most frustrated. So there's a part of him throwing the golf club away. Judas is just standing there, you know, feeling kind of like he doesn't need any of this. And they all have a different, uh, a different point of view. James and John are arguing about who's the better golfer. All of this is going on. And I've done this painting on velvet. And this painting I've done in multiple sizes. And it'll fit in any room of your house. In fact, I'm, it will fit even outside of your house. You can make it a mural. You can make it so big that all of your neighbors will be in awe. And I am now selling this imaginary sculpture, imaginary painting, for $18,300. That seems to be the market value. If you would like to buy this painting that is on my mind, uh, let me know. I'll send you my Venmo. And, uh, you know, we can make a deal. And you can put it anywhere you want. It's just, uh, just you have to keep in mind it's made of velvet. And it has all 12 disciples. And they're all doing something. And you can kind of analyze it for uh, theology. And let's just see how this goes. So the Scott Furrow velvet painting of Jesus teaching the disciples how to play golf. Uh, that's available now. You can just let me know, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, or give me a call, 888-528-2557. I probably should say I'm not really selling anything. But uh, there you go. I mean, if somebody can sell an invisible sculpture for $18,300, why not? Why not have a bunch of velvet paintings that I can sell that don't exist? Somebody might be interested in that. I don't know. 888-528-2557 is the number. It is Open Line Friday. Ted in Los Angeles, City of Angels. Welcome to SoCal Live. Uh, good afternoon, Pastor. Are you going to buy my uh, Are you going to buy my velvet Jesus and the disciples playing golf painting? <laughs> no, no, it's no, just it's no, all in my no, head. No. You can have it instantly. <laughs> no Santa Claus, nothing. Oh. Uh, I just, my heart goes out to to the woman that is so disturbed about the character of a president. I would I would be more more uh, impressed. Uh, on what a president has gotten done, like you know, Jesus said and Jesus commented, "Your you know your vase looks beautiful, or not your vase, but your cup looks beautiful on the inside, but on the outside, but the inside it's dirty." And uh, I would be more concerned with a president who was known as the Great Deporter, which was Obama, who depleted our military um, to uh, pre World War One, uh, I believe our naval. <clears throat> And uh, also put down Christians and said that we're just Christians clinging to our guns. Well, you know what, Ted? And, uh, I got to go to a break. So, uh, and I know where you're going with it. I think everybody's got uh, probably comments pro and con for most presidents, right? Uh, and in fact, we've been divided on presidents for a long time. Oh, I lost you, uh, Ted. Sorry about that. You you went away. I don't know if you hung up or if uh, something happened to you. But you know, I got to go to a break. But here's something I'll say on that. You know, people have strong reactions to people on all sides. I think that when we step back, this is why I, I asked um, our caller before to pray for Mr. Trump. And uh, Ted, for you, I'd say pray for Mr. Obama, right? Is that ultimately our concern for these people is that they're human beings and we want them to know Jesus. We want them to repent wherever it is they need to repent. Imagine the testimony of these guys um, if they truly 
uh, just came out and preached the gospel and uh, said, hey, these things I did were wrong. These things I did, we can argue about. These things were right. You know, and but they were more concerned about people's souls than anything else because they're trusting the Lord. I'm not saying that's that they're not Christian or that they are. That's up to the Lord and the you know, people around them who know. But see, this is where I think for us as believers, we can step back and go, they're just people. They're just they're just guys. If you met them in person, they're just flesh and blood and like everybody else. And just like you and me, these presidents, they need a savior. And just like you and me, there's one savior available. His name is Jesus Christ, and he died for them. Let's keep that in mind. Open line Friday. You can call about anything you'd like, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. All right, open line Friday. Anything that you want to call about, you can call about 888-528-2557. Final segment here. I have no takers on my Jesus playing golf imaginary painting. Uh, So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that in this this weird, I got one dollar, one dollar for my imaginary, uh, <laughs> my imaginary painting. See, this is uh, the world we live in. Hey, you know, uh, it's uh, obviously a week before Christmas, and uh, I still don't know. Is it nine days before Christmas or is it eight? How do you count? Do you count Christmas Day? It probably depends on if you're shopping or not. Anyway, I don't know. But anyway, Christmas is coming. Let me ask you this question, and this is something made to think about over the weekend. Do you feel like you belong somewhere? Or are you just trying to fit in somewhere? It's a huge difference between those two things. There's actually studies now on the idea of having a a sense of belonging versus a sense of fitting in, okay? The reason that that family is important to you, the reason that sometimes Christmas can be a wonderful time of year or sometimes a difficult time of year is because you belong in family, right? There's a place where you belong. There's people you're connected to. Whether you get along or not, it's it's your family. You can't change that, right? It gives you some kind of truth about who you are. Uh, so belonging matters that way. For many at Christmas time, it's very lonely, and not simply because they don't have people around, but because they're not from where they feel like they belong. So maybe they're uh, you know in the military and they're far away from family. I've got a good friend who's been, he's deployed. It's going to be about a year. Uh, before he comes back. He won't be back till May, and I think he left in June. Um, it's hard to fit in sometimes if you move somewhere or you're in a new part of the country, so so this gets difficult. And um, But knowing that you belong somewhere matters a lot. Uh, this matters greatly. And fitting in, there's a difference. See, fitting in is when you're looking to be accepted or you're looking to be, you know, the one of the cool kids or something, and the difference is, is when you're trying to fit in, you're trying to mold yourself in such a way that you get along with other people, even if you're not really, uh, you don't really have a lot in common with them. All right. So sometimes we end up uh, doing things out of peer pressure or things that we wouldn't otherwise do or that we end up not liking ourselves later or regretting because we're just trying to fit in because we have a sense of belonging that we need and we're lonely or we're struggling and we try to fit in somewhere and then we get into something and we just wish we weren't really there. It causes us to make choices that might let you fit in with a group of people, but later on uh, doesn't really work for you. Belonging is something else. It's who you really are. And this is something at Christmas time that we have to think about because it really is about our identity. 
about who we are. I have a friend who did his Ancestry.com, and he was very much into Native American stuff. He believed he was Native American because his grandmother told him that he was. And he got into a lot of the the politics and the tribal issues, and he would get into many of the ceremonial things that were a part of things, and he had a headdress, and he had all this stuff. And then he did the Ancestry DNA, and uh, he found out he was more European than Columbus, and he had no Native American in him, basically. And it really threw him for a loop because it changed his identity. Now, now eventually, he kept still supporting people that he had come to love and come to understand, but it, it wasn't exactly who he is. See, identity is something that, that matters. And as Christians, our identity is to be Christ, right? That's who our identity is. And so I'll ask you this question. What is your identity? You know, what, you know, what do you really do? Are you, are you just trying to fit in or do you know where you belong? Sometimes people at church are just going to fit in, right? You get friends, you get events, you find somebody to date. There's Christmas parties, there's programs, you know, it's really cool. But sometimes in church, people are just fitting in, but they don't really believe. It's just religion and a routine and a culture, but it's not identity. You know, if, you, if at work, at your place of employment, if nobody would believe that you went to church, it's probably something you should think about. If people are shocked to find out that you're a, you're a Christian, then maybe you're just trying to fit in at church, but it's not really who you are. And then you go to church and people sometimes hide their struggles or they think they're going to be rejected and they might be rejected, right? They're going to be rejected by other people who are just fitting in and not really belonging. So where do you belong? What family are you in? I think in some of the areas where we're, we get divided and we've talked about some of that this hour, some of it is, you know, um, we try to fit in with a, a political candidate or a side that we're on on an issue. Uh, but the story of Jesus is about belonging, it's about belonging uh, to each other as part of family, even though we might disagree on certain temporal things, politics and things like that. We have a much greater call as believers. We belong to the family of Christ, which means if you're a Christian, we belong to each other. And if you're not a Christian, we want you to be a part of the family. We don't, just, we don't want you to be a convert or just somebody who uh, subscribes to a, a set of beliefs. The invitation is to believe Jesus but also to become a part of his family. That's the invitation, to be a part of the family of the creator of the universe, to realize that you're accepted not because you earned it or because of who you are, but because Jesus paid the penalty for your sins that are keeping you outside, that the things that you try to do to fit in, that's not going to work. What you have to do is just accept that you belong somewhere, and you belong with your creator, Jesus can I encourage you, if you're thinking about uh, Christmas things to do, if you're having people over, and uh, if you've got an open seat at the table or if you think you can make one, put out an invitation on your social media or to people at your church or maybe people in your building, in your, your neighborhood, and just say, hey, if you have nowhere to go, come to my house. Because most people, they won't, they won't let you know that they're alone on Christmas. They won't say it. They just will deal with it and have a horrible day. But when you put it out there that anybody's invited, the same way that Jesus puts out there that anybody's invited, uh, you can help people find a place to belong. And it's a lot different than fitting in. Christy and I have told the story before. Christy and I have done this before. And uh, we've had some times where it's a real hodgepodgey audience, right? Or, you know, very different people around the table. And it just seems so odd and it's awkward at first. But then it becomes one of the greatest Christmases or Thanksgiving, we've done it there before too, that we've ever had. 
Just some encouragement there to you. 888-528-2557. I've got a call here about my, my painting that I made, mentioned. Rosalind in Orange, welcome to SoCal Live. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Are you going to buy my uh, imaginary painting of Jesus playing golf with the disciples? Well, I think about it. I, I if The picture <laughs> popped in my head, and I thought he was teaching golf. I thought, you know, Peter would deny that, that uh, you know, that the ball didn't make it in the hole-in-one. Right. And that the Sons of Thunder would get angry that their ball went into the sand trap, and then Jesus would teach them to walk on water to retrieve the ball. Oh, I didn't even think of that one. I'll have to give you a royalty then. Think, you know, I was, like, thinking of all these things that what disciples would behave or act on a golf course, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the, a great thing about that is that we can play that game with the disciples, and I think it's something that we should keep in mind about us, right, is that when we think of these disciples in this example— we're not assigning good values to them, right? They're kind of idiots, right? That's the way we would paint them. Um, and the Bible describes them that way, and yet Jesus used them to be the most influential people in the world. And that's Jesus' call for you and me, Rosalind, is that whatever we think of ourselves, whatever our shortcomings are, if somebody were painting a picture of us, they might put our shortcomings in that picture. Jesus knows about them, and he still is calling you to make disciples for his church. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Yeah. All right. The other idea I had, uh, real quick, yep. is that I remember at my dad's funeral, I was talking about how God creates things out of his imagination. And so how hard is it for us to make that connection between the natural world that a creator created all these things from his imagination, too? That's right. That is a, another good point, is that the imagination of God, all the, you know, imagining us, how amazing is that? Each one of us individually, he, he's imagined, and, and he loves us. Rosalind, I hope you have a very good weekend. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. Hey, Rosalind, would you like a, a, a free book if I mail you a book, something just as a gift for calling our show? Yes. All right, hold, hold on, and we'll get your name and address, and we'll send you a book. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, just hold on. All right, everybody, Southern California Live. We just have a few seconds left. If you missed an hour of our program, you can get our podcast. Just go to the radio station website, kkla.com or kprz.com. Find the program guide and our show, Southern California Live. Or you can go to Spotify, click subscribe at Southern California Live, and you can get the show. You can send it to anybody. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll put some ads out there for my my painting out there. So far, the bidding is only at a dollar, but uh, you never know. Everybody, I hope you have a great Christmas. I hope that you realize you belong to Christ, that we're all in the same family. That's our place of belonging. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Scott Furrow, Southern California Live, 3 to 5, Monday through Friday. I'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.